Hi yogis, welcome back to another episode of uh, Run Yogi Diaries. This is your host Santosh Shiva. I hope you had a wonderful week and you also got some time to play, swim, bike, run, whatever is your thing. Every week I bring you conversations with people who are on a journey of well-being and endurance. I hope they spark some possibility in you, leave you with some tips and perhaps some inspiration to perspire. In the house today is an ultra endurance athlete who is defined by no boundaries. He is a badass ultra runner, an Ironman triathlete and a serious mountaineer. And did I tell you he has a regular job and a family? We get behind this fascinating personal journey. How is it that while some struggle to eke out 30 minutes to stay active, some like him pursue a passion and balance it all? What makes it possible to learn new skills like swimming and climbing late in one's life? And then finally, what's next on his horizon? Let's welcome Saurabh Bhasen. Hey Saurabh, welcome to Run Yogi Diaries. Hey Santosh, glad to be here. Thank you for having me here. Oh, absolutely. It's a pleasure. You know, you're, you're like the Kapil Dev of endurance sports. You know, you, you do all... Uh, multiple you're into multiple disciplines and it's a fascinating uh, story you have from a endurance uh, athletics perspective so we have a lot to learn to talk to you about it uh, before that let me kind of have you do a quick personal introduction and then we'll jump in yeah i'm excited to be uh, here and share uh, and and uh, you know spread all kinds of positive things that i can so yeah thanks for having me my name is Saurabh, and uh, I live in the Bay Area, California, and uh, I've been here for uh, about, I would say, 17 years or so. And before that, I was in New York for about six years. So that's just, you know, background about me. I'm in tech, and when I find time outside of work, uh, which I actually make time for, and uh, I'm involved in a few different uh, activities when it comes to sports. So that's just really quickly about me. Uh, I'm sure we'll get into more details as we talk. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think for the benefit of the audience, uh, when you uh, you know when you say I'm in a few uh, few things, I think uh, that's an understatement. You are an ultra runner, you're a triathlon, Ironman, and you're a mountaineer. You're a bicyclist. Uh, hey, you know, is there anything left? <laughs> so, so that's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's kind of jump in, you know, where it all started, uh, maybe do a bit of flashback uh, in terms of, you know, how did it all get started? Uh, I guess that was with running, right? Yeah, you know, it actually, um, well, I've, I've always interested in staying fit. So I've always been to the gym and, you know, try to look at, you know, uh, what others are doing, try to learn from it, just try to stay fit. But yeah, like the the, the journey about endurance started with running and that was, uh, somewhere 2010, 2011 timeframe, that's really when I got interested in uh, races. Not that I wanted to compete, but I wanted to see uh, what I have in terms of the ability and where I could go. So that's kind of where it started with running. And uh, I remember it was... And, and maybe this is just because I'm never able to find something that I'm happy with. So I was trying a few different things and, um, and I tried both road running and trail running at the same time. 
uh, starting with like, you know, 10Ks and, and 5Ks and those kinds of things. And uh, then also started with very, very uh, humble distances, like five miles on the trail. And, and um, you know, that's, that's kind of where it all started. And I remember mm-hmm. I would drive, you know, an hour to go run five mile race. And, you know, now it seems a little bit ridiculous, but that's, that's how excited I was when I was beginning, you know, I would drive anywhere where there was a race so that I could get that excitement of, you know, running with people, the, yeah. the thrill of, you know, crossing the finish line, uh, trying to improve a time that I thought I couldn't do. So yeah, that's, that's kind of like how it all started. Um, and then, so have you, you been, know, just, uh, have you been, uh, uh, you know, growing up, have you all, have you been very an active individual or was this something that it evolved later in your life or? Um, well, so, so, you know, I, I grew up, up to high school, I was in India. So, uh, it was the usual kind of activities that kids are involved in. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, I didn't really have a ton of exposure, but, you know, I tried my hand at like swimming for a year. You know, I tried my hand at cricket for a little bit here and there, you know, just trying to be active mm-hmm. in school, but, but there wasn't any kind of sport particularly mm-hmm. that I gravitated towards or that I found, you know, excitement around. And, and from that perspective, you know, I kind of tried everything and I didn't really do anything. So I wasn't known for my athletic ability. Not that I'm known for athletic, athletic ability now, but definitely not growing up. You know, I was just another kid. And I think a lot of, a lot of um, focus on academics, a lot of focus on, you know, mm-hmm. um, doing well. You know, I guess that's a very subjective yeah. term. Doing well could be yeah. so many things. But, but back in the day, doing well meant one thing, which is academics. Yeah, yeah, that's the typical South Asian experience, right? Uh, for, for I hope that changes. I hope yeah. that changes, and I think, and I think, you know, you know, it's taken a while, but I see that, you know, with kind of the how we performed at the Olympics and how uh, the exposure that people get now as younger uh, adults and kids growing up, yeah. that is amazing. You know, I wish I had that exposure to different kinds of activities. You know, I see. Uh, people in India being exposed to running at a large scale or being exposed mm. to cycling or, or triathlons, uh, hiking, climbing, yep. you know, you name it. And, and you know, I just didn't have that awareness. I just didn't know that there was that world. So, uh, you know, a lot of this was me coming here and even in the early part of, you know, uh, going to school over here. Again, it was, there was always that desire, but... But that exposure was for me to like, you know, oh, there's these things, there's this world, there's this community. So I discovered a lot of this on my own, just um, uh, being, being, being curious, I suppose. Yep, yep. So, you, you know, you got into running, which is, you know, you could have started anywhere. Uh, was there a particular reason you got into running? Why did you choose running? Uh, were, there, were there friends? Was it some other influence or somebody inspired you to do that or? Um, I don't think there's a specific moment that I can pinpoint mm-hmm. to, but I think the, 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 the origin was, uh, is a mix of few things. One was, you know, as I was wrapping up my twenties, I was, mm-hmm. I was finding myself looking very different than what I was. And, and I said, well, <laughs> I, I need to, I need to look better. <laughs> and, and, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can say aesthetics was one driver, you know, how I want to look, which seems shallow, but, you know, it certainly was at that point, one thing that I cared about. And, and the second thing was, I'd also, 
uh, tried a few times to quit smoking and and uh, and and for me the you know there's there's all these uh, things that could that could be used as aids but running was a mental aid for me to like you know that was the strongest tool i had not the gum or the patch or like all the other tools that people try so so yeah it was mostly just to see like you know what i made of and um and that was the main thing um and of course as you start you know you start seeing improvements you start seeing you know things change how you feel how you look how you how you perform and all of those things are positive feedback into doing more so so yeah it was a combination of things but i think you know i just wanted a different lifestyle when i was starting my 30s and that's 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 basically the start of running like i mentioned i was still going to the gym in my 20s but it wasn't without it, it wasn't with the purpose it was it was just like okay you know i got an hour in the evening so let's go like lift some weights yeah yeah makes sense and um, you know you've done phenomenal in your in the way you've kind of scaled your running journey right um, uh, a lot of people have started running and they've you know gone on to do half marathons and pretty much that's been it but you have mm-hmm. taken it and uh, built an amazing body of work including doing i, I saw close to 40 plus ultra uh, you know runs uh, 100 milers 200 milers as well as uh, marathon. So how did that happen? I mean, uh, is it something, are you like that always? Like you always want to keep pushing limits or is it something that running got you to do? Um, I think I'm like that as a person, which mm. is to to see what's next. Um, mm. I'm always happy with what I have, but I want more. And I think that applies to many things <laughs> in a good way or a bad way. I don't know, but but that's 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 how who I am. So mm-hmm. as you mentioned, you know, I started out um, with the simple things like five k's and five miles and ten k's and those those distances. And for me, you know, I wanted to see, you know, what's what's the next level. Like, you know, what is what is everybody else doing? And 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 I get my inspiration from looking at all the the extraordinary stuff that people are doing around me, whether mm-hmm. it's a, a friend whether it's somebody that I've just heard of, like an acquaintance, or whether it's an elite athlete that I just see on the TV. So, you know, I just look at all of these folks as inspiration. And what I've done is I've looked at them and, uh, you know, and and I've probably spent, you know, countless hours looking at YouTube when people are doing amazing things. And I've used that as a way to say, okay, I know this is outside of my ability right now, but... I know that I can get there. I can see a path. Mm-hmm. And that's how I start with things. You know, I, 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 I kind of visualize this target and, and, I, and I try to take steps. And a lot of times the, the, the path to getting there is trial and error. Sometimes, you know, you have mentors along the way. Sometimes you pick up tips along the way. But a lot of times it's just hard work. You know, you just keep showing up. And, yeah. and, and you know, then I tried a half marathon, you know, and and I, I just, you know, one thing to mention is that as you scale up the distances, it doesn't mean that half marathons are easy mm-hmm. or a 5K is easy, right? Yep. You can still race a 5K hard even after you've done, you know, longer distances. And they're just yep. very different things. But from a progression perspective, you know, I wanted to see 
can I go further? I tried go, I tried to go faster, but at some point I, I think I don't have that in me. <laughs> so, so I'm not like a particularly fast guy, but I figured that I could go longer. So that's why, you know, that was the vector. That was the direction that I just kept pushing. Now then there was, um, there's obviously the next step of, well, you know, marathon is this thing that everybody does Mm -hmm. and people around me have done marathons. So maybe I could try one and, you know, you try one, then you want to do another one. Then you hear about like, Oh, there's one in Chicago. There's one in San Francisco. There's one in this city. There's one in Napa. So then you want to like use that as a way to go check out new places, explore cities. You know, I went to uh, Florence and a combined vacation and a marathon Mm -hmm. and not that I did great, in the marathon, but it was a great way to see a city. Mm-hmm. So, so you, know, you just kind of like take the next step. And, and once you kind of get into the point of, okay, now it's getting repetitive. Then to me is like, what else is everybody doing? Yeah. And then, then, I, then, then I discovered trails and, and so on and so forth. But, but that's kind of the progression is just always looking at, you know, is there something else I could be doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, now, now there's a lot of people who will say, I'm going to look at a marathon and I'm going to specialize in it and I'm mm-hmm. going to just keep perfecting it. And that's a great pursuit, but that's something that I couldn't do because after a while, like, you know, speed work was just not for me. Yeah. 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 So uh, absolutely. That's great. That those are great, uh, great principles. Uh, if you can give us some examples, like for example, uh, traditionally when you talk to an ultra runner, there's a. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's a progression. You know, you start with the 50k. You know, the BB uh, ultras, and then uh, mm-hmm. then there's a 50 mile. There's a 100 mile. Now you've you've reached to a point where you're doing 200 milers, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, which of them have been defining for you? I mean, is it the distance, okay. or is it you know, in, in what way? So, give us some specific, you know, uh, give us yeah. some specific anecdotes on uh, on how how that happened in your case. Um. You, you know, I think I think I, I probably followed a path which is similar to others, uh, starting from 50Ks. Mm. Uh, I know a lot of people uh, nowadays are, you know, they'll they'll start with a 50K, maybe a 50 miler, and then they'll dream big, which is great. Uh, for me, I actually was maybe scared. I wanted to take the 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 steps, the small steps. So I think the first kind of race where I felt that I did well and 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 I, I could call myself an ultramarathoner was when I did really well in the North Face 50 miler in uh, San Francisco or North of, North of San Francisco. Um, you know, I've done that race, I think two or three times. And the second time when I did that race, I felt that the execution was where I kind of, it kind of like all came together. Uh, I, I, I figured out how you would fuel in a race. I figured out how you would optimize your time spent at an aid station. So, so all of that. And, and, you know, I, I went into that race, not scared, but ready and anticipating that it will go well. Now, so I would say like that's, that was kind of the moment where I said, okay, I think I'm ready to upgrade and go to a, a, a bigger distance. Uh, so, so I think the North Face 50 miler was, was that, and, and the reason why I picked that race is it's traditionally been a tough 50 miler. Hmm. So that, that was inspiring and, and it introduced like a lot of confidence in me. So that's kind of, uh, 
the 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 stage where I think I said, okay, I can I can do more. Um, and in the so ultra community, talk, the, the, sorry, sorry, but can you talk to that a uh, couple of points you said? You said one is you learned, uh, you know, n- nutrition. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, that was one point you made, and you also mm-hmm. uh, talked about pacing. I think you know those yeah. are some of the things that. So, is there some nuggets of wisdom you want to pass on to our viewers here in terms of what yeah, worked for yeah. you? What have you learned? <laughs> um, you know, actually, uh, the, the thing that I've learned is that nutrition is so individual specific. It's so unique to yourself. Uh, you know, while I had a coach where we talked about, you know, balance these kinds of things or, or take this gel or try that other thing. At the end of the day, what really nutrition means is you go out there and you try it on a long run. And I've had days when I'm you know, on the trail, throwing up, cramping, you know, you name it. And, and I've, you know, I think everybody kind of that, that wants, to, wants to keep progressing has to go through these learning experiences. Not that everybody's going to throw up, but you, you, you go through these experiences to learn. So for me, it was, you know, I tried homemade food. I tried gels. I tried solid nutrition, liquid nutrition, a combination of these things. I tried no nutrition for some time. I tried fasted runs. I tried, you know, breakfast in the morning. So there's so much that you can try. And there was days when, you know, you things would work out and, and you would write it. Like, so, so what I would say is with nutrition specifically, uh, don't be afraid to experiment and do it in advance of your races. That's the key. And it's okay to have a bad day. It's okay to have cramps, but figure out what's going on. Change something. Take a little bit more salt. Don't like for me. Turned out I was taking too much salt. Okay. So 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 these are the things that I learned along the way. Um, you know, um, you know, a lot of people, for example, love tailwind. Didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so 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 I would say, uh, you know, while people will tell you a lot of things that work for them. Mm-hmm. Take that information, try it, keep a, a log, keep a, a journal, whatever, whatever, like, you know, digital, physical. And, and, and when it starts working, try to repeat it mm-hmm. and make small changes. And, and, and it just doesn't apply to nutrition. It applies to things like your clothing, uh, the time of the day you run, the shoes, the socks, you know, it, it's, and, and, and the reason why I'm being so precise is that I think in ultra running, you can probably get away with it, but in triathlons, you have to dial these things in. So, so that's where kind of like it came in because as I was progressing in ultra running, I was also interested in other things like triathlons. So, so I was, I was juggling multiple sports in once and, and I was applying this learnings across the board. Right. Makes sense. So it seems like, uh, you know, in your case, and, and those are those are great tips, uh, you know, um, you know, you, you don't want to be very prescriptive uh, of a particular approach. Seems like what, you know, what you're saying is, hey, try different things. There are these different schools of thoughts out there, schools of nutrition out there. Everyone is going to have an opinion, but you got to try it on yourself during your training. And, and whatever clicks for you is what, you know, I guess... Uh, you, you carry forward. There's there's really no one answer or one uh, size that there isn't. Solve, right. I know I know people who are ultra runners who will eat, you know, 
uh, biryani and kitchen like indian food mm-hmm. and and you know they do great mm-hmm. there are people who just cannot stomach that i know people yeah, who yeah. eat laddus for runs like you know mm-hmm. uh, for for all the people that that know what laddus are uh, to your audience but then there is people who cannot eat uh, either spicy or or food um um like real food then yeah. you know people people just rely on gels so for example when i started out i i was and i still kind of rely on mostly gels and sport nutrition kind of food mm-hmm. but as you get into longer distances you realize that you need you know a good bit of fat you need some protein because you're out there for a day two mm-hmm. three four five days so uh, you know for example if you aspire to do a, a half marathon probably a couple of gels is fine you don't need to experiment that much i think there's a, 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 a lot of success a well defined path for for these things but when you're out there experimenting things when you're out there for like 5 or 6 hours that's on the fringe of like you know what people are uh, you know when people are learning new things and and my only message right now is that it's okay to to cramp it's okay to to throw up it's okay to mm. you know feel like crap and want to you know cut things short but take something away from it mm. and 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 yeah you know i i seek everybody like i asked all my friends hey i'm throwing up like what do you do like tell me what you do and you know i read about it i i uh, watched a lot of videos so so my my only thing is you know if we were talking maybe 20 years ago mm. there's probably very few approaches i would have said yeah you know take a salt pill every hour and take a gel every 30 minutes and that that's all it would have been right but but i, I it's not that straightforward yeah yeah there's a paradox of choice now <laughs> it's a good thing a- that we have a lot of choice it's a good thing yeah but but with that i think uh you you kind of have to find what works for you um mm. i'll i'll give you an interesting thing that i found that works for me as a pre race breakfast mm-hmm. after trying you know everything mm-hmm. i tried oatmeal i tried pbjs i tried you know you name it like i've tried the, the traditional breakfast but what really works for me is you know those um uh the cup of noodles mm-hmm. the 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 one to the microwave so i'll have one or two of those carbs sodium mm-hmm. works really well Mm-hmm. another thing that used to work really well for me for long runs was i'll have a couple of kulfis that i'd buy from the store mm-hmm. before the long run and that's again it's it's you ha- you have to experiment and that's the yeah. joy right like you know i'm i'm out there to enjoy things so if i enjoy a kulfi <clears throat> before a run why not yeah no no makes totally sense that's a that's great tip those are, those are great a uh, lot of gold in what you just shared because in in a lot of people who are in the middle or in the you know early part of their journey uh there's a lot of anxiety around these topics right and i think mm-hmm. to your point uh, experiment try out and see what fits Jump in. Is, is the right yeah there's a right right up start great, right yeah absolutely absolutely yeah my my message to anybody is start take the yeah. first step take the, the you know show up every day and you'll go to, you're going to learn like you don't yeah. while while it's good to have inspiration while it's good to have mentors but you'll learn just by showing up yeah yeah So now coming back to your journey you know we are in you're in 50 miles you you, you kind of seem to have figured mm-hmm. that out and you said you're ready for your next big step so um mm-hmm. uh, then what happened you you just signed up for the next available 100 miler out there 
No, um, you know, I think what happens is that once you kind of start uh, flirting with the 50 mile distance, then you kind of hear about this other world of, you know, 100 milers. And then you hear about, you know, these iconic races like the Western States, <laughs> Hard Rock, etc. Then you're like, okay, well, let me look into how do you get into one of these races? And then you're like, okay, well, you need to qualify. So you need to do these other races to qualify. So then you kind of just going down this like, you know, <laughs> slippery slope of signing up for races to get into other races. So um, okay, that explains so, it. <laughs> <laughs> so so you know, I I, I uh, looked up um, what was the most logical way to go uh, get a lottery ticket for Western States. And for mm-hmm. me, there's a great race which is in the Bay Area. It's 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 actually a pretty iconic race. It's called the Quicksilver, mm-hmm. um, and I think. Pretty much everybody in the Bay Area has to go graduate through that race. It's it's this path that you have to take. <laughs> uh, so I did the Quicksilver 100K, and uh, the 100K it's you know it's in the Quicksilver Park. It's it's usually around I think May when I did it, and now with the pandemic they've shifted it around. But in May it's it's a hot race. And, and what uh, what year was this? Where are we in terms of the year? Mm, Probably 2015 or 2016. I would have to look. Um, That's fine. Yeah. yeah um, Approx- approximately in the time scale. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you know, for 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 the first like number of years, I was doing marathons and primarily on the road. Yeah. And then, you know, then I started go- doing trail runs, but but then I went to 50ks, and then yeah. So mm-hmm. so uh, so I looked at Quicksilver. I signed up back in the day. I think it wasn't as crazy to get in. Nowadays, it is. A lottery, I believe. So I got into that race, and and I think if you finish in a certain amount of time, you get the ability to apply for Western States. Mm. So I finished in whatever was required, um, uh, and then I put my name in the hat for uh, Western States. You have to be extremely lucky to get in your first shot. Uh, mm. You know, not everybody does. Most people don't. And then from that point on, you know, you're like, okay, well, I need another qualifier next year. So what am I going to do? And then you kind of look around, you know, you go to ultra sign up and you go from the 50 mile filter to the 200 mile filter. <laughs> and and then you find what else is out there. So so the next one was um, Rio del Lago in the Folsom, Sacramento, that area. And uh, that's another local race. I say local, but it's in this region. It's it's one of those races that most people go towards as their first hundred miler. Um, you know, people call it a a flat or an easy first hundred miler. I think every hundred miler is is you know has to be respected no matter like what what you consider flat or hilly. Um, so that's kind of the progression. You know, then then I signed up for that one, and and that was my first hundred miler. Um, so, so, and what and happened then, to the Western states? Did, did you get into the Western states at all after that? I still haven't. I still haven't. Okay. So, so I'm on this, you know, I'm on this like spiral of, you know, keep signing up for races to try to get into that one, um, and and hopefully someday I'll get in. But if mm-hmm. not, you know, there's a lot of people who consider doing this in a fat ass style, and fat ass mm-hmm. basically just means that, you know, you and your seven friends get together and you go run it yourself with mm-hmm. minimal support or some support from your friends and family, etc. So, so we'll see where it goes. But right now I'm in the process of just exploring, you know, 
cool races and if they check the box of being a qualifier yeah then then it's great so so that was rio del lago then i did another 100 mile in oregon it's called mountain lakes beautiful race mm-hmm. if people want to explore that area it's mountain lakes 100 it's it's hard to get into but if you're on the wait list you likely will get in so yeah i just kept signing up for races that's yeah. that's kind of how how it all went yeah. and as you're doing these races then you have to do your long runs sometimes you do it on your own sometimes you're like oh i could probably do a 50 miler to 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 substitute for a long run or i could do a 50k yeah. so that's how i did a lot of races was as training runs because it, it it's just convenient you have to carry less stuff you have support along the way you have people that are running with you yeah. so uh so so local races are a great way to to use <laughs> as a as a as a as a step to your training towards something bigger and it supports you know the local community it brings people together so i love local races they're great yeah perfect beautiful you know that explains to the audience what i call as the whirlpool of ultras right <laughs> this <laughs> you is just how it happens get sucked in <laughs> it just gets sucked in and the western states is a big culprit like what you said seems like it it, it probably I've yeah because you try to get in right you're yeah, like yeah. oh okay so not <laughs> this year let me try next year and then you know there's like i think by the 7th or 8th year you get you get a lot of tickets so you likely will get in so you're at, it's a great business model right you're in for at least 8 years 8 years yeah so you, like you said you just have to show up and start and the rest of it will be taken care of by the whirlpool <laughs> i know right i didn't know i didn't like when i when i was doing my first race i didn't know what western states was i didn't know what 100 miles was i didn't know what trail shoes were i didn't know what gaiters were i didn't know what a hydration pack was but yeah. you know you like you know you show up and then somebody's got like this thing on their back you know they're sipping water from it I'm like dude it's better than carrying two bottles of stuff in my hand yeah. so that's how you learn right yeah yeah absolutely no awesome beautiful and 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 i think if if you are someone who have who is who has the inclination to continue to grow to explore to be curious like you said you know mm-hmm. that it's a perfect storm right because there's so much out there and then it's a good way because it's also making you a, a better version of yourself every time you keep pushing yourself so and i think it's in you- every sport it's in every sport mm-hmm. uh, like for example my wife you know she wanted to do one marathon she was very specific mm-hmm. she wanted to do one marathon within a year of our son being born and she did that she accomplished that goal and for her success is just working out every day mm-hmm. right so she works out she lifts she she's you know in in great shape and that's that's her progression and that's mm-hmm. like you know she's always like finding ways to grow there so so i think it it applies to every sport where you have to Uh, you know if you you have to define like what growth means to you and and you know i think most people want to see themselves doing well yep and and you just you're your biggest fan man that's that's my that's my opinion that's a that's a good uh, tagline be your be your biggest fan that's awesome that's a good great tagline by the way you got you got to patent that well i think that, that i i kind of joke but you know what i mean by that is you have to be happy yeah. you have yeah. to you have to be satisfied and if you're not then then you know you could probably yeah i guess that's i don't know, i don't know what else the counter of that yeah, is but yeah. you have to be happy that's that's it absolutely so you know uh, you, you 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 spoke about uh, family and wife so how how do you make sure that with this level of commitment uh, you have in the ultras mm-hmm. and other areas of uh, endurance sports you're able to balance that how do you do that 
I think in the early days, um, I was I was probably like very heavily focused on my own training, and 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 if I had to do it again, I would probably do it differently. Where I would balance it out a little bit more. Uh, now, where I am, I have realized that you know it's it's more than me, uh, and and maybe I was slow to realize. Uh, but what I would say is that uh, figuring it out and 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 communicating, hey, this is what my plan is for today. This is what I would like to achieve as a goal or a long-term thing. Yeah. If you communicate and if you find a way to work your schedule out together, I think that is important to succeed. Mm-hmm. And then you, know, you make time for each other's activities and goals. So, you know, for example, our usual conversation is like, hey, what's your workout plan for today? Mm-hmm. Um, when do you plan to work out? When do I plan to work out? And then, you know, we'll be like, okay, fine. You know, you go first or I'll go first or you go in the morning, I'll go in the evening. Yeah. It's it's an ongoing conversation. Um, and then, you know, any kind of big trips, you kind of just talk about it. Hey, this is what I'm thinking about in September mm-hmm. or next year or in the next five years. <laughs> so uh, so I would say communication and, and and being able to support each other and and all of that is then followed by execution. So you kind of ha- you have to carve out time in your day. So... Sometimes, you know, you're not like, you know, up, up for like, you know, getting changed and stepping out, feeling lazy, like, you know, everybody's a human being. Sometimes you just don't feel like doing something. You just want to sit. Um, but you know that you have to do it because there's, there's other parts of life that have to follow around it. Like you might have to go somewhere. You might have to, you know, take care of things in the house, you like chores, etc. So, so, so I think with with a family and and a kid and other commitments like work etc you have to be structured if you mm-hmm. want to do this you have mm-hmm. to be specific you have to be uh, deliberate so you know one of the things that i've been doing for years is even on my work calendar i'll block out time for workout i may not work out at that time but that is my time that is blocked off no meetings and it's usually like, you know, 5.30 in the morning. So there's no meetings there anyway. Yeah. But that is a reminder for me that I'm going to I'm going to do this. Yeah. Now, I'm going to sometimes cheat and say, fine, not in the morning. I'll do it in the evening. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do it. So so being deliberate about it and, and with the family just communicating, yeah. supporting, like, I, and I don't think I'm sharing anything that's new. That's, that's the key to success, I think. Yeah. No, that's well yeah. said. Well said. I think there's a lot of gold. I think uh, key takeaway is be structured. You know, that's that's a great, uh, very important. Accountable, right? To yourself. Yeah, yeah. 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 And also, I think when you say, when I say structured, you know, just putting a certain, being organized, uh, so you are able to communicate to yourself and others. And mm-hmm. like you said, carving out certain times in the day, just blocking it out. Those are important things because a lot of people have that question, right? Uh, especially people who have not done the kind of stuff that you've done. Um, how do I manage juggle so many things, right? And, and, and I think the answer down comes down to being deliberate, like you said, being having a structure, being organized. Mm-hmm. That's that is very important. Uh, otherwise, yeah, you have to. You know, there was times when I remember. You know, you could be you could be you could be doing something on a Friday night, or like you know, for example, me, like you know, I I would go to the pool because I had to go do my swim. Mm-hmm. Right, I. It's not going to happen if you don't go. Mm-hmm. 
so there was times when you know you you know with a young baby in the early days <coughs> everybody's gone to bed but you still have to go out and do your runs at mm-hmm. 8 9 pm whatever it is right so and i see this in other athletes right people who are people who have a goal in mind they will make time mm-hmm. yeah and 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 you have to make time um you know maybe let's say let's say you're beginning now right if you if you if if you consolidate two things like you know if you're watching tv maybe you have a treadmill mm-hmm. or if you want to like watch a show on netflix combine those two activities right yeah walk and watch listen to an audiobook instead of actual you know physical book and go out for a walk and and those kinds of small things will turn into big things yeah right so so yeah. so so that you know yeah you have, you have you have to keep showing up yeah in fact that's that's one thing that was also uh there's a book called atomic habits and that's exactly what the author suggests over there which is to combine activities to start mm. new new habits right you know uh, so th- th- those those are great, great mm. tips okay and uh, you know kind of moving forward in your own journey i know you you've been doing things in parallel but mm-hmm. um, you also mentioned swimming and uh, mm-hmm. you seem to have also conquered the world of ironman triathlon right um not Con- yeah, not so conquered conquered I mean, as in I'm, you can you I'm an amateur ocean. athlete <laughs> yeah of course of course we are we are speaking all of this within the <laughs> within the constraints of being a recreational athlete uh, but the point is that very a lot of people have fear of competing in the water or uh, mm-hmm. open water swimming and that stops them pursuing mm-hmm. uh, triathlon uh, but you mm-hmm. seem to have uh, you know also added that to your uh, bag of tricks so how do you how do you do that how do you keep yourself motivated to keep learning and pushing your limits even in areas that are not comfortable i mean you could have always said hey i'm doing great in ultras i'm pushing limits i'm doing 100 milers why should i bother with learning something uncomfortable as swimming and go you know into the triathlon yeah i think i think uh, you know i think something we spoke about uh, earlier which was um you know there's this community there's friends you know people you see people you know of and you know somebody takes that first step hmm. and you're like wow you know let me go look into this then you know you know like you know 6 hours later you've watched a lot of videos on youtube and you're hmm. like that looks really cool and 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 you know it's finding those sparks for me has always been a way to get sucked into this some new thing and a lot of times it's 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 like just i'm just looking at this and i'm and i and i cannot believe like you know people are doing these kinds of things yeah so so then you know step number 1 curiosity that kicks in and i'm like okay let me look into this you know and and that's kind of how it started with ironman and hmm. and, and 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 you know when i when i when i looked at it it was daunting mm-hmm. the the distances and the commitment to train for it was daunting but then you know when you see the video of somebody crossing a finish line mm-hmm. you don't know that person you don't know what they went through but you feel like you're there you feel so excited and and those videos started that fire for me where i said okay look there's people out there of different ages different sizes different shapes they are doing this and what that tells me is there is a path to get there 
I don't know that, but I can figure it out. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, okay, fine. Find a website, sign up for a race. Shit. Now you paid money for it. Now you're going to do it. (laughs) Um, So, you know, but, but, uh, you know, coming back to it, you know, when you have that inspiration, when you kind of feel driven, then for me, it's like, okay, let's, let's do an inventory of, you know, what you know, what you don't know. Mm -hmm. And, and swimming was one of those things where I tried my hand at it, you know, as a younger uh, kid, but nothing formal. And it goes back Mm -hmm. to the exposure of uh, back in the day versus now. I think, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's this, there's certainly people who have been swimming in India for a while, but I would say that's not common. Uh, so, so, so I figured out like, okay, what do I need to do? I started going to uh, the local community pool and just trying things. Um, you know, I didn't go seek out anything, but then once you plateau a little bit, then you figure out, okay, you know, I'm swimming, let's say a lap, which was an accomplishment, you know, just go from one end of the pool to another end of the pool and not drown. And, and then you're like, okay, fine. You know, I think I got a few things down, but you know, long way to go. Then you go from one end and come back. Mm-hmm. And then you come back and you study a little bit more. You you watch, you know, technique videos. You mm-hmm. you see what other people are doing. And then, you know, I figured out there is this like analysis that people can do where they can take a look at your video and they can give you some advice or tips or, you know, you pay them a hundred bucks or whatever it was at that point. Mm-hmm. And they say like, you know, you got to do this, you got to do that. Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, then from that point on, you're like, okay, what's the next plateau? And at that point, I figured I should probably get a, um, an instruction in person mm-hmm. where I don't want to commit to something for a longer term, but I can go to the pool, you know, three, four times and somebody can give me, you know, the next kind of uh, level of tricks to unlock whatever the next plateau is. <laughs> right. so, so I tried that. And then along the way, you know, you, you, know, you, you kind of take those things and you practice it. So you, mm-hmm. you know, apply it. And, and you have to show up, like, you know, you have to show up to the pool, you know, if you're a recreational swimmer, like once a week is great or twice a week is great. But if you're going to get into, you know, wanting to do a triathlon, then you have to commit to three or four times. I would say four mm-hmm. times is, is where, you know, it starts to click mm-hmm. and, and, you know, you don't have to do it every week, but you have <laughs> to, you have to show up. So, so that's it. That was kind of the progression. And, you know, I started from zero. I started mm-hmm. from you know, being scared of the water. And mm-hmm. even when I was comfortable in the pool, going from the pool to open water, that was another huge step. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I didn't want to go to open water alone because I just didn't know, like, what happens, you know, if you're not feeling that great, you know, what kind of support do you have? How can you bail? So luckily in the Bay Area, there's... There's a, a, a few different groups. One of them I remember clearly is called Swim with Pedro. Maybe it's got a different name now. And what they would do is like, you know, they would charge you like five or 10 bucks and they would get people together with beginner abilities. And and they would they're basically, you know, have a couple of people on kayaks, but all they did was like, they were just there to make you feel mm-hmm. comfortable. Mm-hmm. They didn't teach you swimming. Yeah. All they did was like, they were like, we're here if something goes wrong. I don't know what they would yeah, do if something yeah. goes wrong, but just knowing that somebody is watching out yeah. for you was great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think they help you a little bit here and there. Like, you know, they'll tell you what to do. So that was a, you know, I did a few of those sessions where I would go up like every Sunday to San Francisco. 
and I did swim in open water there. And then you kind of feel comfortable. Then, you know, and then you find another buddy who's doing this, like, hey, let's you and I go, yeah. or you know, find another buddy. So you know, you kind of um, feel, you know, you feel more comfortable in your abilities yeah. and what you've learned. Um, and and open water is, I would say, it, it's so much more enjoyable than swimming in the pool. Mm. Even though it sounds scary, it's kind of like running outdoor versus running on the treadmill. Um, once you get comfortable in the open water, which can take a while, it's more enjoyable. You know, I, I love swimming in a river. I love swimming in a lake. Oceans, it varies, but, you know, lakes and rivers are my favorite. And uh, you know, if I lived next to a lake or a river, I would probably swim a lot. But, you know, it's, it's, um, yeah, I, with with open water swimming, you just have to trust that you know you'll like it, it yeah. and it'll feel good. Um, I know people have this fear of like the unknown, like you know you don't know what's down there, you know. And and one thing I'll say, which I didn't know at the the time, is trust your wetsuit. The wetsuit that you're swimming in is buoyant. Mm -hmm. You cannot drown in it. You know you'll certainly float. You will, and if you if you're tired, take a break. Yeah. You'll float. Just float. You know, you don't have to keep going. You know, if you want to just take a break, take a break. You know, there was times, you know, if I had a long swim, hour, hour and a half, I would actually stuff a gel in my sleeve of the wetsuit. I would mm -hmm. go like 45 minutes, just float, enjoy a gel in the middle of a lake. <laughs> so, so just, you know, it's okay. It's okay to take a break. You know, you're not, yeah. uh, you know, again, you have to know, like you're doing it for fun. You're doing it to learn something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, amazing. And, and and then you have done a few Ironmans uh, subsequently, correct? During that during that part. Yeah, yeah, I've done five. Yeah, nice. That's amazing. So that, that's that's a great uh, takeaway, uh, uh, sort of, which is because you know also there's a lot of science, uh, especially behind the brain science, right? Where uh, there's enough science that supports the fact that if you're learning new skills, you're creating new neural networks, mm -hmm. you're keeping your brain fresh. It's not just about the body. Uh, you know, what we're doing in endurance sports is not just about the body, it's also about brain development. And when you're learning these new skills, you are actually, you know, kicking off new neural networks, you're getting, uh, staying young in a way, <laughs> in the level of in the level of your mind, right? You, uh, you, you know, people say triathlon is, and, and, and I don't disagree, that it's, it's a commitment. But the reason why it's fun is because it keeps you engaged in many mm -hmm. different ways. You know, you, in fact, I used to look forward to the swims starting from zero because swims were a great recovery from mm -hmm. trashing your legs on the run or going out for a six hour ride. You know, like the, the swim was actually, you know, getting into a nice cold pool. It mm -hmm. felt like, you know, like a, a 45 minute ice bath when you're just like yeah. swimming, yeah. relaxed pace. So so it was it was always stimulating. It was always yeah, like physically yeah. and mentally stimulating. Yeah. Yeah. So guys, you can learn swimming. It's a great sport. I agree with you. I, I've just been doing that lately. Last few mm -hmm. uh, two to three months, I've been trying to get my swimming up a little bit in terms of efficiencies. And I completely agree with you. It's a it's a it's very uh, refreshing. It feels good uh, to to learn another skill and 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 be water especially right. So, uh, yeah, and if people are learning, you know, one of the things that I realized was that sometimes you have to slow down to go go faster, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. and that applied in swimming. 
um, I realized the reason why I was going, you know, a couple of laps and getting tired was because I was just going out too fast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And one of the tools that I learned about was it's called a tempo trainer. It's like a metronome for, for swimming. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you take that, you put it in your swim cap and it, you set a cadence. So I would set it to like okay. 180 or something and it just beeps. I mean, it's probably annoying for some people to like just hear a beep for 45 minutes or an hour or whatever your swim duration is. But okay. what that helped me, let's say, you know, if you want to just try for 15 minutes is every time it beeps, you take a stroke. Every time it beeps, mm-hmm. you take a stroke mm-hmm. and it, it, it is training your mind mm. to be at a specific cadence. And once I actually figured out what my cadence was, I, I can, I could swim for like four or 5,000 yards. No problem. You know, like just be meditating in the water without mm-hmm. any breaks, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, 90 minutes, two hours, I could swim continuously. Awesome. No, that that's good. That's That's a good takeaway as well. Awesome. So, <clears throat> so we are here, we are, uh, you've, you know, you've kind of entered the world of triathlons, you've conquered that arena. And then the big one that's happening right now, which is what's on your t-shirt, uh, the 8848. <laughs> Let's talk about that. Uh, mountaineering, right? So when did that enter your <laughs> think space? Um, you know, I think my my love for mountains started with with the early days of trail running. Um, I kind of didn't realize that that's what it was, but I think what, what attracts me to trails is how raw and rigid, uh, rough and, and rugged they are. Mm. And, 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 and that it is, it is, it is always challenging you. Like no matter how many times you do a hill, you're always, um, you're always um, challenged by it in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so you know, that's kind of where it started. Was like, you know, I was always, I was always chasing mountains. I was always, I always wanted to be in the mountains, and um, and you know, it's it's a great way to you know, stay in shape from a trail running perspective. But then, you know, what I started doing was, uh, and again, this is one of those things, you know, curiosity. What are other people doing? you know, in, in terms of trail running and especially ultra running. And when you realize that you can run this long or this far, then it unlocks these routes and opportunities that others are doing. So for example, I know people who are going and running in Yosemite because, you know, you found a, a friend or a, somebody on Strava. At that time, Strava was relatively new, but you saw somebody do like a 20 mile loop in Yosemite. And, you know, that's, beautiful area lots of big mountains there and and you're like okay i think that's a good one i'm going to save this let me think about it so for me kind of like the step one was i saw somebody do mount whitney and um uh, you know i I think i was probably like naive or, or probably just stupid where people take like you know two or three days to do 14ers I was like, look, I'm going to do this in a day. <laughs> um, so I just, you know, went out with a few friends and said, look, we'll start early. We'll, we'll camp at, um, we'll, we'll camp at the trailhead for a few days. So we kind of get acclimatized and then, you know, we're going to just go for it. And, um, so that's what we did. You know, like we did Mount Whitney about nine hours and, uh, that's about a 21, 22 mile round trip going from 8,000 feet to 14,000 feet 
14 and a half and it felt great and um, and and that was this moment of a realization that if you plan things and if you have the ability and the training you can actually achieve some of these bigger objectives mm-hmm. and you know i went back and did Whitney again in like six and a half seven hours where you know did an improvement and then this whole world of the sierra opened up for me mm. where you know it's, it's such a massive range in california um um on the eastern side so i i couldn't I, and i would just look at maps and i would just drool at these you know mountains and say okay you know what that looks like a good route let me try to connect this one connect that one and i would just try to go there as much as possible so you know i'd go and for example leave on a friday night go sleep at the trailhead for a few hours and then try to hit this like you know big peak and i did that you know with for example mount agassiz in the palisades range and then you kind of just like start exploring and and mm-hmm. you know a lot of times how i explored things was i would either look at somebody's activity because somebody else did it or i would just look at an area of a map and like okay is there a trail there do people go there and then i would look it up so that's that's kind of how it all started then i went to shasta which is the northern part of california it's one of the most uh, southern volcanoes in the cascades mm-hmm. and it's it's heavily glaciated but what what that did for me was it opened up this world of trail running plus mountaineering mm-hmm. where it's not just sufficient that you have endurance and uh, the ability to just stay out for a long time and cover long distances but you also need some skill of mm-hmm. how to traverse on a different surface than just you know trail so mm-hmm. when that was happening i i started looking into well how do you how do you get how do you get started with this stuff how do you learn and and at that time there was a sierra mountaineering club and you know they would for a very minimal fee uh, you could just join and uh, go on like these trips with them in the early days the trips were free and you would pay for some seminars and some online classes and stuff like that so i did all of those classes i went for a couple of trips to learn some skills um and then you kind of feel a little bit more confident then you try a little bit of a bigger objective so that's that's kind of how it all started and uh, uh you know at that time the uh, uh being able to climb a 14000 foot mountain because in in the us in the continental us in 48 states 14000 ish are basically like the high mountains mm-hmm. now if you go to alaska you have bigger mountains but uh, in the continental us 14000 is is where like you know the california colorado um washington <clears throat> basically like you know all the mountains are in that range and that was that was for a while like you know like let's let's see if i can like try to climb all these 14ers and you know i did a bunch in the sierra uh, shasta and then most recently i was actually the first time i went to colorado for a for climbing a 14er so so there's a lot of like cool stuff and that's kind of the natural progression that i think mm-hmm. if people explore this world people quickly want to get to 14ers because mm-hmm. it's it's basically like what people talk about like you know it's people 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 consider that success like you know climbing a 14er of different kinds and different skills and different uh routes and different um 
uh, times of the year. So those are the things that people uh, kind of mix and match and and, and then uh, take it to the next level. So that's kind of how it all started for me. Um, Shasta is where I uh, stepped into the um, the world of like, you know, climbing on a glacier and uh, experimenting that. I'd done a little bit of that, but not on a big 14,000 foot mountain. And the first time I went to Shasta, I had to actually turn around at 11,000 feet because of uh, bad weather and extremely warm conditions. Um, but the second time I made it. So yeah, that's kind of how it all started, you mm-hmm. know, trying to um, try to do 14 minutes. And again, it was mostly because I was looking around, you know, like mm-hmm. all these people are, you know, trying these things. And, and to me, that's like, okay, great, you know, yeah. I now I see that as an objective and and I just need to create like my roadmap towards it. Yeah, yeah, clearly. So, uh skills, you talked about skills, right, in mountaineering specifically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or did you have to go did you get yourself uh educated specifically around yeah. the skills somewhere? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, even even these days, you know, if people reach out to me and I I recommend not recommend. I I strongly suggest that people take an intro to mountaineering class. And if you just look it up online, there's a lot of great organizations that offer uh, intro to mountaineering and intro to skills classes. Mm-hmm. A lot of times what companies do with, with a guide service, they'll combine a a climb with a skills class. Okay. So for example, um, uh, you know, a good one, for example, is, you know, Rainier. A lot of times companies will say, if you want to climb Mount Rainier in Washington, you you know you could do it in about two days, but a lot of times they'll say, you know, we'll make it a three or a four day thing, mm-hmm. where the first day is a little bit easy. You get to camp, you set up camp. The next day is all skills. They cover, you know, self rest, um, crampon skills. How do you um, ascend in crampons? How do you use your ice axe? How do you use you know, the basics of knots and snow camping, uh, the principles of uh, leave no trace and and uh, uh, wilderness safety. So, you know, they cover a lot of these things. But what I'll say is, so actually, before we get into that, from that point, you know, they they then transition into the actual climb. If, if everything goes well, you summit and you come back. So that's a, it's a good combination because you kind of get this, like, prize at the end and you learn skills. <clears throat> so that's a good way to, like, enter into this. But also, sometimes people just do like skills classes or you can do like, you know, if you go to Tahoe or Yosemite or, you know, basically any place with mountains, you can do like a half day skills class. You don't have to do a major three, four day climb. Um, uh, you know, when I started, a lot of this seminars were even online. You know, I would listen into a seminar where they would talk about, you know, this is what a glacier means. This is what a cool war means. This is what, you know, um, a saddle means like different features of a mountain like you know how do you how do you get familiarize yourself so so a lot of these things and nowadays you don't even have to take a seminar you just google and, and there's actually some good books out there um uh introduction to mountaineering there's one called freedom of the freedom of the hills and there's another one by uphill athlete uh, so those are some good books about just getting into the sport um but the bottom line is you know, please learn these skills, uh, prepare yourself and as much as possible, don't be out there alone. Mm. Uh, you know, I always have a buddy or a guide or, you know, uh, 
things can happen. So, so it's, it's, it's a sport that is truly enjoyable, but it could be risky. Yeah. And, and, and there's no shame in like turning around. There's no shame in knowing that this is the limit <clears throat> of your ability. It's okay. Again, come back, learn, improve, do it again. So, so, but start with, you know, get trained. Don't just, yeah. it's not like running. Like, I think, I think a lot of people, you know, like you can start running and, and maybe you get like, you know, a little bit of injury. You just sit at home for a while. You, you know, talk to your friends, but mountaining is slightly different. Like the, the, the reward is higher, but the risk is higher too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, but it's respect. doable. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you recently, you know, uh, we're on a, a adventure on a, on a trip to Denali, right? Um, was mm-hmm. that your first? Was that your first attempt at a twenty thousand feet? No, feet? actually, um, I actually climbed uh, this peak in Nepal. That was my first twenty thousand peak. It's uh, called Labuche, mm-hmm. and um, I did that uh, as a combination with my Everest Base Camp trek. Okay. So I went to Everest Base Camp um, with a few friends. Some of them were. Uh, going for their Everest summit attempt. Some of them were just going to do the trek and come back. So I was going to do the trek and then we were going to do one or two peaks. So we did this uh, peak. It's called Labuche. It's just over 20,000 feet and did that. And there was um, uh, a mixture of skills there. It's it's funny. In Nepal, they call it a trekking peak. It's not trekking peak. You're using skills beyond trekking. You're, you know, you're on a fixed rope. You're wearing crampons, you have boots, you have, you know, cold weather gear. So, so that was my first exposure into, uh, 20,000 feet. And then after that, uh, since then I've been to Argentina and I climbed, uh, Aconcagua and Aconcagua is about 23,000 feet. And, uh, that was just before the pandemic started. And, um, that was great. You know, I, uh, I had a great time there. It's, uh, it, it's got less of technical skills, but it's got other kinds of challenges. You know, one, it's a high altitude peak. It's 23,000 23, feet is, is, is high. And, um, you know, it's cold and it can be very like dusty and windy. So mm-hmm. it's still a, like, you know, you still have to be in a mindset of being out there for about, three weeks or so because the route that I did, it's called the Polish Traverse, the, the Polish Glacier Traverse, uh, which is around the mountain, but just a tiny bit longer. Um, and yeah, so that started my uh, project, which I would love to do in the next like five, five or so years. Um, and then the next one was Denali for me. Mm-hmm. I was just there in um, end of June, early July. And uh after making it to camp three and being stuck in bad weather there for about seven days, we had to turn around uh, because we had our up-down day. And up-down day is basically, if you have a good window, you're going up. If you have a bad window, you're going down. <laughs> uh, because you only carry that much food and based on what kind of weather systems are moving in, uh, from a safety perspective, you have to make that call. So we ran out of time and we had to turn around. So, so there was no summit, but it was a great experience for me. And, um, you know, I learned a few things. I could probably improve my training a little bit. Um, and, and yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to trying it again, hopefully next year. Mm-hmm. If, 
if things work out but um and, and you know with me there was uh this couple who i met in akankagwa that was their second time and the first time that they were at denali they were stuck in the same location for 9 days this time they were stuck for 7 days so i've heard this uh, pretty frequently about denali is that you 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 are you are at the the mercy of the weather over there yeah. and uh, and uh, so yeah i i feel i feel pretty good about it because i think i learned a lot of things that that uh, i can apply next time now of course a summit would have been great but i'll be back again yeah i mean i made some new friends and it was great <laughs> yeah and then of course the the granddaddy of all mountains that's on your t-shirt there you want to talk about that yeah in fact you know um this t-shirt is um something that i made uh, to celebrate uh, like two objectives one was it's called everesting and everesting is is an activity that actually found its origins in cycling where you climb the same hill over and over until you get to the the altitude or the height of mount everest which is 8848 now there's some websites that claim 8850 but so and a lot of people have gone from running from cycling to to doing that on foot mm-hmm. so i recently everested on foot which basically means there's a peak nearby it's called mission peak i climbed that just over 13 times to get to about 29000 feet uh, 29 29029 and uh it took me about 38 hours so so i created this t-shirt to to celebrate that and to inspire people and and then of course at some point in this project of seven summits everest is on the list because it's the high point of asia so um so that's you know that's on my radar i originally wanted to do it this year but then the pandemic happened I'm happy that I didn't go because a friend of mine was at Everest this year and she was telling me that covid was widespread over there and all these stories and and I don't know if next year is going to be any better um hopefully it is because you know it's useful and helpful for the the economy there but um I would say in the next 2 to 3 years is 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 if things line up I'm 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 looking forward to trying my hand and uh, and and hopefully make it make it there amazing beautiful um, <clears throat> saurabh that's uh, you know such a perfect um, uh, progression to your endurance journey right uh, it's almost seems like something about mountaineering is there's an allure to it uh, there's a mystery to it uh, and also it doesn't seem like uh, you know you can just get it done even if you are the fittest person there's a weather element the mountain has to agree to let itself mm-hmm. be seen right it's all it's, it's very mystical in that sense it's beautiful in a way right you have to you have to be patient um mm. you have to you know i think i think people will you know there's there's all the factors but you have to be patient and and it's 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 a, it's a it's a it's an activity that requires uh commitment at a different level in the sense mm. that you know you need to stay engaged and you want the same thing for years um you know like a, for example a marathon you know people can say i'm in a six month training plan or you know something like that like you know the the horizon is very different than uh, a mountaineering project so for me i you know because i like it it's easy for me to stay excited about it for 5 years 10 years mm-hmm. like you know that's the scale um and 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 at the end of the day like 
what I think is is kind of like the the underline here is that it's how you live your life mm-hmm. is is you know just going to be something that you're going to be excited about. Like for example, my dad, you know, he he's seventy one. He just ran an ultra twenty uh, four hour track run uh, like yesterday. So mm-hmm. for him, it's the same deal, right? This is how he lives. So that's 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 the that's the thing is like you know this you have to decide how you want to live and then you will stay engaged you will stay focused. Hey that answers my first question initially I asked you somebody inspired you looks like it's your dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like he, <laughs> he actually started off riding but uh, okay. but he certainly he certainly inspires me. He started at uh, he started when he was 65 uh, ah. after after like you know uh you know being a a great dad for like 20 30 years and and you know he 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 wanted mm. to do things differently so he started around 65 i think and he's 71 now and he's done all kinds of ultra distances so um but yeah you know he does inspire me and many folks amazing beautiful beautiful sounds good um saurabh thanks i think we covered a fair amount of ground um with regards to your journey obviously uh, you know your journey is worth a book uh, there's so much you've done uh, you know and there's so many domains that you explore you know what's so fascinating and is about you keep using the word curious um mm. i think it's a growth mindset it's an ability to keep you know looking at new thing exploring new things is always in a you're a, you're an explorer you know in a, in that sense Uh, an explorer with a lot of tools and technology and comfort i would say uh yeah that's it, true it's nothing it's, it's it's nothing like you know what what exploration meant in the early 1900s yeah. um because you know that's i've been reading a lot of books about you know um first ascent so the first mm-hmm. ascent of of course everest and and other places like <laughs> annapurna kanchenjunga etc and and you know when you read those stories like i think those people are explorers what we still keep that alive by yeah. by you know challenging ourselves so yeah yeah you, know, uh, you know i'll 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 take that <laughs> compliment but with a sense that you know it it's it's exploration to me it's like what new yeah. what's new to me like that i think is what exciting to me yeah oh, an urban urban explorer look you got a day <laughs> job you got a family it's not like you do this full time but keeping that alive i wish i did uh, that's <laughs> <laughs> All righty. Okay, so moving on uh, to a, mm-hmm. uh, a slightly lighter conversation here. I have a few a fun Q&A round that I have for my guests. So, uh, Okay. Um uh, you ready for that? Let's do it. So the first one I have What's your favorite post-race guilty pleasure or a post endurance <laughs> guilty pleasure? Some kind of good food I would say. Um So um Uh, more specifically uh, what's your favorite junk food ah like chips in general mm. um like potato chips um it's probably the worst kind of junk food um <laughs> all right chips it is so when you're not busy planning all these big endurance events what do you like to do like just what else uh, do i yeah. do with my time yeah 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 well, what what do you like to do to unwind when you're not busy planning these big projects <laughs> you know i i think i think my wife calls me the most active lazy person ever uh which means like when i'm active and i'm active otherwise i'm just like sitting at home and <laughs> enjoying my couch uh but 
but i think i i like to uh, you know think about you know what else i could be doing uh i also love to uh to spend time with my son as he grows older uh for example doing things with him and um, and i i think i see myself doing more with him uh because he's about 9 and a half now so you know he's he's tried his hand at like a kids triathlon he's done some hiking with me uh he's he's generally like an active kid now he's talked about you know he he wants to do some rock climbing so i probably take him with me to a rock climbing gym and so so i think you know i want to do a little bit more of that uh yeah. moving forward i i always pretend to be a reader so i want to read more um but but i think i do better with audiobooks so i'm a mm-hmm. i'm a i'm a listener and uh my secret there is i listen to books at 1 and a half 1.7 speed and that works out really well <laughs> okay <laughs> you know you have no three generations of uh, folks uh, who are pursuing endurance <laughs> in your family so you you can have <laughs> three generations do an event that would be awesome <clears throat> all right and um, i have a last last question which i always uh, which is my favorite question is a play question with my guests is uh, if we made a movie of <laughs> you and your life uh-huh. uh, a what genre would you put it in and who would okay. you like it who would you like to play your character in the movie <laughs> oh uh you know it probably has to be uh science fiction or comedy um okay it's it's a hard one to figure out which one uh probably about science fiction uh because that's just something that I love um so it would be science fiction I don't know. I don't know who I would want uh to be the person to play me. I don't know. I would probably pick somebody from an action movie to play me. Um yeah, I think the people that play science fiction roles are maybe too nerdy. <laughs> uh so I don't really know the answer to that. Um somebody from an action genre. Uh yeah, I don't know. I don't know that one. Uh who who do you who do you uh, prefer? What do you think? Let's let's have Daniel Craig play you. The guy who plays James Bond. <laughs> okay, sure. Uh sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> let's go with that. Let's let's go with that. Uh go with that. That's a good one actually. Um uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean in science I, fiction like... you we probably meet a alien life form when you're in Everest. <laughs> that would That's that's that a storyline. Man. <laughs> And what happens? I, I won't I want to be as calm as possible when I'm there so I'm not scared away and fall off but uh, I think that's that could be a good plot you know like uh, maybe it's to do with hallucination and you're hallucinating about an alien because you're so tired you know there's this theory going around that we are living in simulation right <laughs> and um, <laughs> so the script of your movie is going to be that when you reach Everest somebody's the alien life form comes to you and says well done but this was all a simulation <laughs> Oh. Oh, uh you know, maybe I would be disappointed. But but you know, I think that that is interesting. Um yeah, you know, like uh, talking about um uh, one of my all-time favorite movies is Interstellar. I don't know if you've seen that one. Mm-hmm. And um like it's something to do with like, you know, outer space and exploration mm-hmm. since you mentioned that earlier. I you know, I like that aspect of, you know, just discovering new things and then and finding out new things. So that's kind of why I love science fiction in general where yeah. it's all about like some dude's imagination that you're watching on a big screen, right? Or yeah. some lady's imagination. Um 
and 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 I just love that, right? I just mm-hmm. love how creative people are, how imaginative people are. That's why I love that genre. Like, you know, I think. Absolutely, Saurabh. The way your life is projecting, I wouldn't be surprised if you're going to be submitting some peak in Mars or Moon soon. You know, that's 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 the way humanity is projecting anyway. So uh, maybe not in my lifetime, but I think you know, in future generations, getting you know, to a, uh, yeah. getting to another planet is maybe likely. Yeah, amazing, beautiful. Um, <clears throat> so, Saurabh, we kind of uh, you did well uh, on the Q and A round. We learned a few more things about you. Do uh, I get a do I get a, a Karanjor style hamper? Hamper, or something? yeah. I'm still working on that. <laughs> okay, still you can mail it to me that. later. Yeah, <laughs> working on sponsorships for that. <laughs> okay, we'll call uh, we'll call Daniel Craig. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, uh, hey, coming to end of this conversation, very fascinating. Um, you know, again, uh, with someone like you, who's so multifaceted, doing so many things. It's it's always sometimes difficult to get everything out in, in just an hour and a half and or so. Mm-hmm. But thanks for sharing, uh, you know, your journey here. And uh, before we wrap up, I'll let you have the last word. Anything you want to say to the audience before we uh, close the show? Uh, yeah, I, I want to say thanks. Uh, thank you for uh, uh, having me here. And, and of course, thank you for having many others here because... You know, I had a chance to listen to a few episodes that you've put together in the past, and some of them are my friends from the Bay Area. So, so you know, it's been a pleasure. And I think what I'll leave people with is, I think how I have kind of been able to succinctly summarize things is grit and passion. And I think those are the two things that you put together, and and you can you can do things. And 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 I'll just. You know, leave it there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thanks, Aurab. I'll let you uh, go and have you enjoy the rest of the afternoon and uh, we shall stay in touch. All right. Thanks. Take care. Thanks. Bye.